welcome to the Everybody Fits podcast. And today we have the lovely Cara. And I'm so excited about this chat. Um, so just for the listeners, just let us know um, a little bit about you and um, who you are and just a few random facts, always like random facts, throw those in there as well. All right, hi, well, I'm Cara McBee um, and I am just a fat person trying to exist and I talk about that online a lot and I try and be funny at the same time. Um, I'm quite a ranty feminist person as well. Um, random facts. Um, this won't be random to my Instagram followers, but I really hate pigeons. Uh, I mean, really hate pigeons. <laughs> um, I'm also afraid of polystyrene. Why are all my random facts about things that I hate? Um, and they all begin with P as well. That's weird. Um, what else? What else? What, another random fact. Um, oh, gosh, I'm on the spot now. Why do you hate pigeons? What did they ever do to you? Oh, oh, <laughs> Have I opened a can of worms? Come on. <laughs> what have they not done? They're horrid. And my, my husband actually pranked me the other day and made me he played pigeon sounds on Alexa which are really realistic and I and then he said to me oh look it's just on the window there and the window was open and I thought it was coming in and I'd read online that if you make if you play like hawk noises that it's the only thing that scares pigeons away so I started squawking like a bird of prey <laughs> to try and get this imaginary pigeon away um, and then I'm telling you now my husband manifested it because a couple of days later the back door was open and a pigeon flew right in the house and I freaked out. They're horrible. I, I just hate the flappy, flappiness. They're unpredictable. And they they used to be really scared of humans, but now they're really brave. And they'll just come trotting along and pecking at your feet. Oh, no. Ugh. No, they better be shudder. <laughs> yeah. can't, can't deal with it. I'm totally with you. I hate yeah. pigeons. I mean, I generally am like, unless it's a small bird, I'm, I'm yeah. totally freaked out by it. And like, lockdown I don't know if you noticed but it was absolutely joyous because the pigeons seemed to disappear because nobody was about to drop rubbish and stuff that's right everywhere. yeah yeah it was it was amazing it, yeah. I mean it was horrible being locked inside but the blessing was there was no pigeons, <laughs> no so pigeons. Was yeah exactly exactly <laughs> no they're horrible I think I was traumatized when I was younger because when if you grow up in London something that parents seem to love to do to you is take you to Trafalgar Square which is not so bad anymore but it used to be a swarm of pigeons and they'd stand you there with bird feed and you just get covered in these birds that were just pooing all over you and parents thought children enjoyed that mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like no this is terrifying I hate it <laughs> so yeah I just oh, no no <laughs> yeah Mary Poppins gave everybody an unrealistic idealistic view of exactly <laughs> yeah so when did you sort of start realizing that there was a need for fat activism in in the social media space and and you decided that that was something that you were going to start doing so i i luckily came across some anti-diet stuff online when i was like in my lowest place with eating and and my relationship with food and my body and stuff um and i'm so grateful for that space for pulling me out of a hole basically um and I've always been someone who's like enjoys writing and performing and I thought to myself once I've got in a good headspace with everything I'll, I'll share about my experiences um 
and then I didn't really do anything about it for a while I kind of I was focusing on getting my myself sorted which took a long time like it's not an overnight thing you don't suddenly wake up one day and say I'm going to ditch the diets and then it's all fine like it was a year years long process of fully pulling myself out of everything and still now little things will trip me up you know it's not it's an ongoing thing but um the thing that kicked me off starting to talk about it more online was actually during lockdown in 2020 and joining TikTok and seeing the horrendous amount of trolling that fat creators were getting on that app I mean it was there were pylons I mean it was quite clear that people were trolls were sort of coming off the app and alerting other trolls and saying hey come and come and pile on this person's post because it was the volume of of trolling was horrendous um and so the one of the first things I did was a little video sort of trying to tackle some of the trolls um and yeah it just sort of spiraled from there it gained a bit of popularity and I thought okay yeah this is the time people might want to listen to my voice and my experience and stuff and then yeah I just kept sharing and sharing and that was it really was there like a particular point? I mean, have you sort of always dieted most of your, obviously up until recently, like your, your adult life or yeah. Um, what was there like a particular point where you were just like, right, this is just crap. Like this is not good. Yeah. So I had always dieted even before I sort of officially named what I was doing as dieting as a kid, I was always very, I was always made aware of how food would impact my body. So it was always like that certain things were restricted at home, you know, not too many sweets, no chocolate, all this sort of stuff. Um, even portion sizes at mealtimes were like restricted. So I was always aware that I had to be careful with food. So it was always this thing. And then as, it, as I got into sort of my early teens, it was like, oh, dieting, this is what people do. So I can control it even more. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it had been a lifelong thing. And then the things that triggered me to sort of look away from it were just when my behaviors started to get even what I seemed ridiculous. Cause I talk about this a lot. The fact that dieting is so normalized. People just think a lot of the things that we do to control food is just really normal when it's not, it's not at all. Um, and I, I've told this story a few times, but I, one of the things for me was, I was offered a vegetable soup and I didn't eat it because it had a stock cube in it. And the diet that I was on at the time, you weren't allowed any processed foods. Mm. And basically the rule was if, if there's something unpronounceable in the ingredients, then don't eat it. And so I was looking at a box of, of stock cubes thinking, oh, well, it's got something with loads of letters in it that I can't pronounce, so I can't eat it. And I denied myself a vegetable soup. Like that's just wild. And thankfully, I sort of realized, I was like, this is a bit, if I can't even eat a vegetable soup, like what is going on? Mm. So yeah, that's when I started to, started to think maybe I need to look for alternative options to this because this just doesn't work. I think it's so hard as well, like for a lot of people, when you do kind of step away, when you've had like a lifetime of it following different rules and going from one diet, <clears throat> excuse me, to following one role to another, and then when you come out of it, it's like, there's no rules. Mm. Am I, what am I doing? Like, am I doing this because I'm saying fuck you to diet culture? Or am I doing this because I want to do it? Am I doing this because it's a habit? And it's, it is really difficult. And I think that's why sometimes a lot of people um, sort of 
do find it hard and then do sort of question like oh should I go back to to the diet and, and sort of because at least then I have rules and then at least, exactly and um it, it's it's so bloody hard like some of the um the rules are just ridiculous well not so like most of them are just ridiculous and I think that's the thing when you when you reject when you sort of reject a vegetable soup or yeah the name exactly health yeah exactly it just doesn't make sense but I think you hit the nail on the head there when you come out of it you're in this sort of ruleless space and when that's dominated your life for so long you don't know what to do and then it is so much easier to just be like no this can't be right because I feel a bit lost I'll go back to what I know you know better the devil you know sort of thing um so yeah that's why I think online spaces spaces especially are key to helping pull people out because you need that community and you need other people telling you, you know, this is okay. It's okay to feel a bit lost. It's okay to, you know, find it difficult. Um, and just reassuring people that this is a better path to be on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. So how how did you start to actually pull away from that? Because obviously I know it's it's great when you've got the idea in your head and it's great when you've got the support, but actually starting to do it is so difficult. So what was it like when you you started to step away from diet culture and and start accepting things accepting who you are I so I kind of I hit a stumbling block really because I I still had in my head that weight loss was the goal for a long time so it was like right I've now learned that diets don't work but I still had in my head that you know there might be a healthy way to lose weight so I was I kind of, I messed up with things like intuitive eating. I sort of took it as the next diet, but like a better diet. And um, I still I, I still went very hard with exercising, thinking, okay, well, if diets don't work, exercising will be the way. Um, so yeah, I think for me, the thing that, I, that really helped in the end was just having to completely let go of the idea that there is any healthy way to pursue weight loss intentionally obviously there's ways you can help your body to be fit and to you know get the best out of it and stuff like that but trying to focus on losing weight and getting smaller and changing your body shape it always leads down destructive paths there's no there's no good way to do it so I had to really let go of that idea um to properly start healing because otherwise every everything just got treated like another diet or another set of rules um and I wasn't ever fully healing while I was in that mindset. Yeah. Um, what's your relationship like with exercise as well then? Because obviously, like, it does play in together completely with diet culture. Um, and I think it is important, like you said, to, to know that a lot of people do shift their mindset from, okay, well, if I'm not controlling my food, I need to move more and I need to so it's so hard to get out of the mindset of both of them. So when you're talking about starting to replace the food with exercise, are you in a better place with that now as well? My 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 relationship with exercise is still tricky. I still find it really hard not to go overboard. It's I'm I love doing what I sort of call accidental exercise, where I, so like for example, my kids will love to to whack the tunes on and and dance around um and I love that because my brain is not thinking you are exercising 
it's just moving it's just moving my body um and things like you know doing the gardening you know you're bending up and down you're you're digging you're you're getting a sweat on stuff like that um is great for me but the minute I start to think you know what you haven't moved your body in a while let's put the tunes on and dance with the kids my brain will just go well put 10 tunes on and dance for an hour like and it's just and I, I always go to that place of taking it of taking it too far so I have to kind of trick myself into it for the minute and just remind myself that these things have a purpose that isn't exercise for any reason other than fun like you know obviously dancing is really fun when I get up and do it I'm enjoying myself but if I tell myself I'm doing it for a reason that's not fun then Mm. that's it it's game over my brain just takes me just takes me to the bad place so yeah isn't it crazy still working it out how much no no I was just gonna say like how much diet culture has just messed up people's Mm. relationship just messed up people but like the relationship with, with movement, something that's just supposed to be joyful. And I, I hear a lot of, you know, a lot of my clients that are trying to sort of getting, trying to reject the diet mentality. But then along with that, they'll stop exercising because it's so heavily linked. And yeah. it's so, so difficult to take, you know, to separate the two and actually just see movement for, for, for what it is. It's, it's, a celebration it's you know and and yeah it and it's amazing that it's amazing that you do that and I think that's the thing is is like it's doing what works for you it doesn't always have to be like structured and you yeah you do this and because then you're going back to the rules mm. of, of diets and 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 that's that's I think that's one of the reasons why it's so heavily aligned because fitness comes with all these rules that yeah. you have to do and you have to like you have to do 10,000 steps a day and like all this stuff which this number just hasn't hasn't actually it's only come from like a random place it's not an actual I, it's the te- I heard um I heard about the 10,000 step things do you do you know Amy how like it's not an actual thing from from like health professionals it was uh, created by the people that created pedometers yeah. because yeah. they wanted they thought nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine wasn't a good enough number, <laughs> so they gave it ten thousand, and then all of a sudden we've all got these miraculous things on our wrists that tell us we must do ten thousand steps a day. Which it's just ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah, it's really ridiculous. But it's just it's all it's it's like you say going going back to the rules and stuff, and it's all things getting measured by numbers and how many sets you've done and you know and the minute I start I personally start getting into all of that or trying to measure progress in any way it's like if you can't see tangible progress it's like oh freak out I haven't done enough Mm -hmm. and yeah trying to get out of that mindset I'm still I'm still working on it um but yeah just just trying to get my I know people say find something you enjoy but you know they say it's not always that easy and I love dancing but the minute I apply that kind of that you've got to do it for health's sake that's when it you know things start to go wrong so you've got to try and fo- keep focusing on the joy aspect and you know yeah. don't think about it as as something that you need to track yeah and, and not from another perspective as well you've got two young children when they mm. see you moving your body and enjoying it it's a much better way to show them that yeah like exercise is good but it's fun yeah rather than this whole thing of I don't know when exercise went from 
you know, in, in our parents' day when they just, you know, they go out for a walk, they go for a swim, they might go to a keep fit class to everyone's got a gym membership now and everybody yeah. is having to train certain amount of times. Like, it's so rigid. Um, it's it's just gone crazy. So from that point of view, like I said, you do have two young children. Did your relationship with food and exercise change after you had the kids? Or was it kind of a process that you've gone through since having them? It, thankfully, my relationship with food changed before I got pregnant with my eldest. Um, or at least I was on the way to to making positive changes. Um, something that, another thing that kind of made me think oh my god this is awful was when I was so before I before I before we'd even spoken about having kids I was do it on a diet where it was like absolutely no sugar and sugar is the devil and there were I was reading um recipes of how to like make your own sweets but without sugar and stuff like that and because I'd really bought into this whole thing that like sugar and all processed food was evil I remember saying to my husband, you know, if we have kids, what are we going to do? We can't give them all of this stuff. We can't give them sweets. What are we going to do if they're at parties and stuff like that? And there's sweets everywhere. And I said to him, we might have to just tell them they're allergic. And then my, <laughs> thankfully I stopped myself and I was like, that's insane. You can't do that. That's not okay. Um, and so, yeah, I th- that was another thing that made me think, okay, you've got to, this is not right. Um, so yeah, thankfully I got out of that mindset before um, before I st- we started having kids. But um, there's still little things that, I mean, like my husband, it's, it's generally a lot easier for men in terms of dieting and body image. Obviously there's lots of issues, but I think women are targeted a lot more. Mm. Um, but so my husband's never, you know, felt the need to go on a diet or worry about what his body looks like or anything. But even he's still got these certain mentalities that I think a lot of parents put on their kids like finish your plate or you've got to have you've got to finish your meal before you have dessert and things like that and there's little things that creep in and we're like no we don't you know we don't do that with food anymore we're pretty free let the kids decide you know how much they want to eat when they're full let them listen to their bodies um so yeah even though my dieting journey had ended before we had kids there's still little things that creep in you know and there's obviously stuff that school um messages that school puts out I know that that school are really focused on um everyone getting their five a day and their vegetables and that's great but there's also a lot of like these foods are unhealthy and these foods are healthy and you know the teachers no fault to them they're following the curriculum but then they're a lot of the time they're also putting their biases onto things as they teach so my kid came home the other day and we were having takeaway pizza and he was like, oh, but I already had chips earlier, so I don't think I should have pizza. And he just looked so afraid of his little plate of food. And it broke my heart because we've worked so hard to get them to eat intuitively and to not be afraid of food. And then to see that all undone because of things he's picked up from school, it was just like, oh. Yeah, I I wrote a very um, lengthy email to the headmaster um, who was last year um, because my little boy was sent home with like a food diary and um, he had to fill out everything. Um, Obviously 
there's a food diary is everything that he's eaten and um there was like guidelines and yeah as you say it's like the five a day it's it's it they come at it with the best intentions but the thing is is that my my son's autistic and he's got a very narrow view of of what's acceptable for his palate Mm. and but but his relationship with food is amazing in terms of he will just eat when he's hungry he'll stop when he's had enough there is no moral value to it and my my worry was that if he starts doing this and because the lot of the foods that you're deeming is is good are foods that he just won't eat and I'm not going to force him and that's the thing you can't like that's just going to bring up all sorts of issues and yeah it was just it's not it's not helping and then also it it weren't taking into account um sort of the the status of 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 other parents within the school that may not be able to perhaps afford um you know all all of this like healthy stuff and Mm. um I, i did the quote the air quotes of the healthy by the way people that are listening not watching <laughs> but like yeah it's it's um it, it's really really difficult because you want them to be healthy but then that that includes mental you can't yeah have one and not the other like it just doesn't work um it's it's so hard yeah it's trying to help them to understand that rather than calling them healthy or unhealthy yeah some foods are more nutritious than other foods yeah they could even changing the language would yeah. make a huge difference and um, and like you say it's not the teacher's fault they are just going by yeah, the cur- exactly. curriculum but it's I think there is a, a a bit of wiggle room in how they could teach the curriculum yeah rather than they do like the whole rate my plate kind of thing mm. and that rather than being like oh how good or how bad is the plate okay well why did we choose this and why do we like this mm. and why things like that would be much more helpful yeah. Um, yeah but it is it's really difficult because you do always have that thing in the back of your mind of you've you've been so engrossed in diet culture for so many years and quite often it's it's come from parents and peers and people around us and we're so aware that it's being fed into us from outside sources that then we don't want to be the outside source feeding it to our children and Mm -hmm. it's hard because it's it's a long it's a long slog I think it's around us everywhere but I think if you're having that positive influence at least you know you're doing the best that you can and the positive influence you have, I mean, Cara, the videos that you post, <laughs> the videos, particularly for me, I love the, the call centre video, yeah. videos where you've completely ditched in dire culture and, and you, you're calling them out. Um, how did you start coming out with these hilarious little videos and sketches? Like, How do you come up with each one? So well, I mean, you know, it's not it's not difficult to pinpoint things that trolls say because they all say stuff from the same playbook, right? It's always the same stuff they come out with. You're gonna die at 40, you're gonna get diabetes, you're not attractive, you know, it's always the same stuff. Um, and also because I grew up um, you know, in quite a fat phobic home, it was, you know, oh gosh, fat is the worst thing you can be. Um, and I'd sort of seen I've seen things from both perspectives as a fat person and also as someone who 
was raised to believe that fat is this terrible thing. And so in my own healing and unlearning and stuff, I started to realize how much of these messages are, a lot of us don't even stop to think where they came from or why we think that way. We're just copying everyone around us and it's it, we just accept these things as fact. You know, someone hears that fat people are gonna die, at, die of diabetes and everyone just copies it. Nobody's actually, you know, looking into the research that's out there to say, you know, there are a ton of factors why being in a bigger body is linked to diabetes, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the cause, but nobody wants to bother looking that up. They just want to shout at people on the internet. So, so yeah, I was trying to kind of obviously be funny with it, but I was trying to kind of point to the fact that this stuff you're saying, it makes no sense. Mm. And it's not just, just think about it. Think about how silly it sounds, really. And when it's challenged in a certain way, then the hope is that people will think, ah, oh, maybe I haven't got a point when I say this. Maybe I haven't got the right to be mean to fat people on the internet. I mean, it's unlikely troll people who dedicate themselves to trolling are actually going to listen and be like, oh, yes, you've changed my ways. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it, and I, you know, it wasn't, these videos weren't really made to educate trolls it was more to give people who are subject to the trolling a laugh but um but yeah that's that's how I came up with it basically it was just trying to dismantle my own you know things that I might have said in the past or or believed as well it's crazy how angry people get like <gasps> just yeah I it was it's quite funny um how you said about they always sort of say the same things because I had someone comment on one of my posts last night and they said um something about oh apparently it's healthy to sit around and eat Cheetos all day I'm like why do you like Cheetos what the hell are you going on about like <laughs> and I, I put it on my story and um a few people were like it's always Cheetos why do they yeah. always choose Cheetos it's yeah <laughs> it's so funny just um I think I think it's like because a lot of these people are literally as you say just going with what they think is right and Mm. um they've got not not the trolls but the people that go with the diet they've got the best intention to be healthy and I think when you Mm. start challenging the stuff that's like deeply embedded and is there on an unconscious level and you start challenging that it does bring out like a lot of like outrage of like yeah especially when they're so their belief systems are so like this is That's this it. is healthy this is right and what you're saying it, but it, I just don't I don't get like is, is, is that is that crazy argument of, of like it's unhealthy but then surely like you abusing me is isn't healthy well, exactly yeah I, th- I think a lot of, a lot of it comes from jealousy I think because they have this idea that they are in control of their health and they are putting themselves through miserable behaviors like denying themselves Cheetos and things like that and so when they see people who are in a body that they've been told you only get that way if all you eat is Cheetos and donuts and McDonald's, which is always those three. Um, Then obviously you're disregarding the rules. And how is that fair? How can you be allowed to just eat what you want and not care what your body looks like and not care about your health? How can you be allowed to do that when I'm suffering over here, Mm -hmm. sticking to the rules that are making me miserable? It's I definitely think a lot of it comes from jealousy. And of course they've not examined the fact that, you know, 
you don't have to eat Cheetos all day to have a large body. There are loads of factors that add up to it, but because that's so ingrained, you know, mm. that's that's where their brain takes them. And also this whole, it's not just the health aspect, it's like the social standing if you're in a slimmer body and you have a lot of thin privilege and it's people thinking, I work hard for that. So if you're in a fat body, you don't get to just be treated the same as me. That's not how it works. I'm working hard for this. And there's a, that's where I think a lot of outrage comes from. Um, but what they're not, what's not clicking is that if fat people are treated equally in society, nothing gets taken away from mm-hmm. thin people. It's yeah. just, there's enough, <laughs> there's enough to go around, you know, it's not yeah. just because a fat person might also be able to shop for clothes on the high street and might also be able to have access to decent healthcare doesn't mean you're not going to have it anymore that's not you know it's not things aren't going to get flipped on their head but that's the fear because I think we've all been conditioned in some way or another to believe there's people at the top and there's people in various stages below and if you're not at the top then obviously that means you must be below someone and it's like I don't want to be down there I want to be up here so Mm. that's what scares people I think yeah I, to- I, I totally agree. I think it's I think it is fear from a lot of people as well. And um, the fear of actually seeing someone happy and thinking, oh God, I could let go. They're battling their own internal phobia yeah. because if I let go, then maybe I'd be happier, but then I don't want to look like that because then the thoughts that I'm having about this person, someone will think about me. Yeah. So it's it's battling back to them their their own internalized fat phobia. Um, and when it comes to trolling, I think I've just given up. Like I get so many comments now. I think I posted something the other week about the fact that being fat isn't just about what you eat. Yeah. Like there are a whole range of factors. Genetics being one of the biggest yeah. ones that plays into it. And someone commented saying, "Pretty sure you're not you're not just fat because you were born that way." And I was like. I'm not even orphaning this book. No. There's no there's no point because some people they just don't want to be told. No, they don't. They don't yeah. want to know. But what's your experience? Do you get trolled quite a lot? Do you got a... Yeah, I, I I don't get it as much as other people um that I've seen. Um but I I I pick my battles with trolls. Sometimes I just think, no, this one needs to be left alone. Other times I'll try to sort of kill him with kindness in a way and you know I'll say something like oh I'm sorry my existence makes you so miserable I wish you a really happy life (laughs) things like that um and sometimes when you go down that road you can sense immediately that they're annoyed that they haven't been able to upset me and then they keep going and they're like okay fine well at least I'm going to live past 40 Mm -hmm. and and I'm just like good for you I'm so pleased for you um enjoy that fact (laughs) like what do you want from me? And I had one the other day who um, he just simply commented unhealthy. And I said, yes, you are unhealthy for putting your unsolicited, unsolicited opinion on somebody else's post. And then it, and then, you know, came back some comments about me being fat and my body and stuff. Um, and I said something like, well, I hope one day you learn to mind your own business and, you know, have a good day sort of thing. And he then came back with this paragraph that was like, do you know, three of my family members died from obesity. And I was just like, first of all, I really don't think that's true. And it was just, you could see the, 
you could sort of feel the panic in his voice. Like, why is my opinion not being heard? Why is my opinion, why is my, why is my attempts to put you down not worked? So now I'm gonna tell you this horrible horror story and make you really listen. Like, it's just, you, you can see how important it is to them to be correct and to be the ones that are putting somebody down. And when you realize that and you don't give them that, then you start to realize that you can, you know, it, it gets easier to disregard mm-hmm. 99% of their comments. You know, every now and again, everyone has a bad day and they don't have the energy or the capacity to sort of bat it off and it will get to them for sure. But the more you experience it and the more you see the same patterns emerging, the easier it is to just be like, this person is not happy and they are projecting and it's nothing to do with me. Yeah, and you know what, I think it's really important as well is to, like you say, do pick your battles and mm. it's the most important thing is, and it's why basically we've rejected the diet mentality and is protecting our own energy and yeah, and, and, and realizing that that's really important and our headspace and allowing these toxic messages in is is the reason why we're not doing the diet so like, yeah it's, um it is and as you say it's hard because some days you're just like it, it's the timing as well like you go yeah. on and, yeah and you get this, this a message has happened a few times recently with me and I've had a really crappy day and I've gone on Instagram and I'm like fuck's sake yeah <laughs> yes. yeah no but then um sometimes like what you've done is just trying make like a joke out of it or like like make it sort of people allow people to realize that actually it's ridiculous what they're yeah. saying and just take a moment to just just stop and think about yeah. what you're actually saying um so I think exactly. it's really important and powerful what you do um I think they find it much harder when you kill them with kindness as well because they really really are looking keyboard warriors they're looking for a fight they've yeah. got nothing nothing better to do have they but yeah it's the best way to be so on on the flip side to that obviously you've got so many followers and you must have you have given other people the space to enter that anti-diet zone feel good about their bodies regardless of the size do you get a lot of positive messages from people yeah massively the positive outweighs the negative so much and I just I get so like overwhelmed but in a good way with like joy when when someone messages me and says you know you know what I wore shorts for the first time in public and it felt good or I've just bought my first bikini or swimsuit and I'm actually going to go swimming in public you know you don't realize how much diet culture and fat phobia takes away from people Someone said to me recently, you know, they genuinely bought their first swimsuit in their adult life because they just not, they just didn't think public swimming was for them. They just didn't think they could do it. And she was like, I'm going to go to swimming baths. I'm going to wear this swimsuit and I'm just going to have you in my head and I'm going to go for it. And I'm always like, tell me how it goes. Tell me how you felt because I want to, you know, I don't want to sort of leave people high and dry. Like I've given you this sort of, you know, the spaces that I, that I, um, point to as well you know all this education about diet culture and stuff I don't want to be like yeah go out there and do it and then for it to have been difficult and then they come back and like actually that was a load of rubbish shouldn't have done it so it's like tell me how you feel afterwards because the first time putting yourself out there in a way that you haven't before is always 
difficult, right? It's not necessarily going to be fireworks going off in your head and celebrations. It's going to be, there's going to be trepidation and stuff as well. Um, but most of the time people come back and they're like, no, it felt so good. It felt free. I'm so glad I did it. Um, and it's just amazing to hear that the more of us that are spreading this message, the more people we are giving back part of their lives to that have just been stolen by diet culture. And I just think it's wonderful. And I think, you know, the more of us that get on board talking about this and sharing our experiences, the better. Yeah. It just frees up so much. Yeah. Like just so much on so many levels. And you, yeah, it's something I definitely feel, feel passionate. I think we all of us feel passionately about it's like, if there is a different way to live, like you, you don't have to, reject vegetable soup because there's a stop yeah. <laughs> yeah um well you've met you mentioned on your um instagram you describe yourself as fat positive um a lot of people would say body positive what's what would you say is the reason why you say fat positive as opposed to body positive i think because the the body positive movement um which was started by fat black activists has been taken over by more mainstream straight sized people. And I don't think, I don't think it's a terrible thing to have straight sized people talking about body image issues because it's, again, especially women more so than men get targeted so much and body shaming occurs at every size. I mean, I grew up in a fairly slim body and I had my body picked apart all the time. Um, and I think the more of us that get on board rejecting diet culture, the better. And it's not just fat people who are affected by diet culture. But I think because of the way, you know, whenever that happens, whenever people in more sort of societal acceptable bodies, so, you know, slim, straight-sized people, whenever they get to the forefront of something, then the people that are more marginalised get pushed to the back again. So I think it's important to highlight when we can that, you know, fat people need spaces where they are the focus and where we are focusing specifically on fat bodies being a positive thing, being not being this, you know, these horrible bodies that should be pushed to the sidelines and hidden away um, and never seen on TV and only ever given big tents for clothes. I think fat people need to be pushed to the front of the movement again. So, yeah, I'm not against... Um, straight-sized people talking about their body image issues at all. Oh, excuse me, that's my doorbell if you heard it. Um, but yeah, I just think, I think for me on my, on my platform as well, I just want people to know that it's a safe space for fat people as well. It's not just about how to manage your body image issues if you're in a slim body. Yeah, I, com- I completely understand that. Because I think coming from a place of thin privilege, I am very aware that my voice, because of the way that I look, is more heard in certain spaces, even when it's a space that is not necessarily meant for me. So I will talk about certain things and I will advocate for certain things, but there are certain spaces where I know I'm I'm supportive of any community, every community, you know, whether that's queer, whether that's fat, whether that's black, like anything. Yeah. But it is not my space to be the, mm. the one shouting out loudest. Yeah. Um, 
and I am kind of in the opposite. So I grew up in a fat body, and now right. I and now I have that thin privilege. So I know what it's like from both sides to be yeah. kind of looking in. Um, and I think it is really important because the people who need to be heard need to see themselves in the people who are shouting yeah. the loudest. They need yeah. to be able to align with those people and feel like yeah. they've got someone they can relate to and understand. Absolutely. So the fact that you are one of those people is absolutely amazing. And that is why you're making such a difference and having such an impact on people because they can see you doing things and shouting out against things and think, well, she looks like me. And I I can do that as well. So, yeah, yeah, allowing someone to get on a swimsuit for the first time in their adult life, I mean, it's crazy. But these are the things that, people need to be able to do it's a, a basic yeah. thing but people wouldn't think anything of it someone in a, a straight size body wouldn't think any differently of think it, twice it's, yeah it's such a huge thing it's such a massive thing and it's so good that we do have it's great that we have you Cara and that you've <laughs> brought this this amazingly positive energy in such a funny and different way for people to be able to have a voice no, oh, thank you. I'm glad. I, ju- I just think it's it's so strange how we've normalised people not going swimming. Do you know what I mean? Like ha- everyone thinks it's normal that a fat person wouldn't want to go to the beach or wouldn't want to go in a public pool or wouldn't want to wear a bikini. And it's just like, hello, we're just people like anybody else. Why why are we being denied these things? But again, it goes back to people having this outrage of fat people suddenly loving themselves because. People will, you know, they'll they'll sort of say, oh, you know, thin privilege isn't real, but they certainly know what it feels like if they feel like somebody else is about to have access to something that they feel only is only is only uh, reserved for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just wild that we've been conditioned to think people just don't deserve access to certain things. It's, it's yeah. madness. It's crazy, and I know for me that roll back you know 10 years if there had been someone like you for me to look to I would have had a completely different relationship with my body Mm. completely different relationship but it is that thing of yes it is it is getting much better there are more people speaking out but it's still just like the tiniest minority and what we need to do is keep shouting for things to be heard absolutely absolutely and one thing that I would have loved is these shorts that everyone is now wearing under their dresses to stop the, the rug yes. on the side. Oh yes. Yes. Like this is like a revelation. Yeah. This is amazing. Summer is gonna it's gonna change you so many people. <laughs> yeah. How much comfortable. Yeah, I did yeah. I denied myself dresses and skirts for ages because of chub rub. And then I remember I used to do things like I used to cut up old pairs of leggings to try and wear underneath. Um, and it didn't really work because they'd sort of ride up. And so, yeah, to have things that are specifically designed for that is amazing. Yeah. Anything that's specifically designed for yeah. a bigger body is amazing. And yeah. hopefully more brands are going to start listening and yeah. paying attention because I think people are shouting out for more. Yeah like bigger sizes the fact yeah. that the shops will stop sizes at a 22 or a 24 yeah. like what especially when the average size now is what 16, i know 18? yeah 
oh sorry if you if you're much bigger than if it like no yeah and and you deserve nice clothes just because yeah. you, your body is bigger doesn't it yeah we could talk about this subject for a very long time <laughs> couldn't we I think it's important as well like in in all spaces to for um fat bodies to be represented and I think yeah. c- certainly like in the fitness space as well um I think that that's something that's 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 really really important because there's this rhetoric that fitness is for um thin bodies and mm. um if you work out like a thin person if you work out like a traditional fitness instructor body and if you eat like them then then you'll look like them and and I think that slowly people are starting to realize well no but it's not it's still like I I went to a a workshop um a few weeks ago like a month ago now and um it it was a bit of a horrendous experience because it was focused on um people with health conditions and one of the health conditions was um quote unquote obesity oh. and um we had people like walking we had to pretend that we had um quote unquote obesity and another person was um was uh setting out a routine um for us and so one of the guys was like walking around like cheeks puffed out like Oh my and god. And he was a fitness instructor and he was doing this course to help people with you know um health conditions. And so, so some of the other health conditions were things like um diabetes and, and asthma and um lots and lots of different things, arthritis and hip replacements and um but they they just focused on this. They focused on quote unquote obesity and um it was just horrendous because it was just like and yeah the instructor was like you don't need to um you don't need to explain to them why you're doing this exercise you just need to tell them to do it whereas in the other levels previously it was like you you have to explain which muscle you're using, what area of the body it is, why you're using it, and that you know, and that was what you had to do to pass. Um, and that's just generally what you do. Um, you, you let people know why they're doing it in, in a class. Like, I just think that it's just, just a it's a good thing to do. And, and they're like, no, no, they won't care. They've got themselves into that state, so they won't care. But oh, that's man. all health conditions that they were referring to. And I was, I was like, I, I don't think I um I went down. But, yeah, I don't think they liked me very much by the end of the day because I was like, why? But why? And it, but it, it's this because obviously I, I'm a qualified personal trainer and I'm doing that additional qualifications. Mm. And it's so difficult to see it from the, from, from now the point of view that I'm anti diet, I'm health at every size. And there's just so much shit coming from yeah from that education and so yeah. then it's just breeding more and more like as, as yeah. I call PT dicks that yeah. are just <laughs> like carry on being dicks to people and and they're they're following it because they think that it's um healthy and they think that it's obesity is an epidemic um oh. which is what what we're told and and yeah I, I like I love the fact that you have on your on your profile as well is um you put promoter of obesity <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um yeah 
it, it's difficult from the um, messages that we get from the government as well about oh yeah yeah well. absolutely massively affects people yeah 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 I think uh, I think the government have a very warped sense of the fact that obesity isn't the cause of <laughs> it's they not do, the yeah. cause of illnesses and the fact that this war on obesity has begun and it's just like well going right back to what we're saying the curriculum like yeah you're talking about obesity but you creating this negative relationship with food from such a young age so why not reassess the way that you're teaching things but also this war on obesity what are they doing they're telling people to move more and eat less not helpful they're hiking up food prices not mm-hmm. helpful um, and they're putting nutrition information on menus in restaurants how, like how are they it's things? not they've got no concept they think they're doing what's right but they've mm-hmm. actually got no concept of things that would help from your point of view mm. what would you say would be more helpful well first of all I actually I, I don't think they are doing I don't think their motivations are good I think they're they're trying to keep their multi-billion dollar chums who run diet companies um rich I think that I think that's the motivation behind it because they know full well that if they cared enough about health they would they would fund mental health services better they would you know we wouldn't have a, there was a politician I, th- I think it might have been Dominic Wab I can't remember said something like isn't it wonderful now that we have uh, food banks helping people no there shouldn't be a need for food banks you know mm-hmm. they're not doing anything to tackle uh poverty they're not you know they're not doing enough um to keep people healthy that is within their power they're not they're not funding the nhs properly you know, all sorts of things like that um so no, it's it's they've got it all topsy turvy in my opinion, and I think the fact that they they pretend to care about obesity as though that's the problem, it's just a way to distract everyone from the fact they're not doing enough, you know, at the grassroots of things. Yeah, I agree. I think that if they actually really, really wanted to tackle um, the what was wrong, mm. they would actually talk to people that are in larger bodies it actually taught mm. people that have had disordered eating and there's not a, a small amount of them that you talk to people that have got body image issues and body image issues are um, is a mental health issue yeah and, and it all as I said before it all kind of intertwines with physical health and mental health so it they would talk to the people that they're actually yeah. aiming at and yeah. they'll know they'd know that actually this is damaging putting um, calories on menus because it's yeah. not helping me. Um, yeah, I think it, 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 it's basically the rules, as always, is by the patriarchy, like the yeah. white man that's privileged and he's like, right, this sounds like a good idea, we'll do this. Yeah. Without actually even talking to the people that are like... Yeah actually in that situation and it keeps us all it keeps us all tired and distracted and it keeps us all feeling like you know everything is our responsibility and of course people have to take personal responsibility for themselves but it's very difficult to do that when systems are set up against you 
yeah and I think it's feeding that message to people as well that you know people in larger bodies there's something wrong with being in a larger body so then mm. people who are looking at people in larger bodies then have this bias again it's just like yeah a it's a cycle, cycle. Yeah, yeah cycle over and over again so we're never going to get out of this mindset that people yeah. have without positive reinforcement from from the top down basically yeah, yeah um, exactly oh we are we just got very political that <laughs> <laughs> That got very deep, very fast. It did, it did. Cara for Prime Minister. Cara for <laughs> Prime Minister. <laughs> oh, and I'm very aware of the time. I don't want to keep you too long. I could chat to you all day. Cara, yeah, no, I could always lovely. talk about all this stuff all day. <laughs> um, but one question that I did want to ask is, now, knowing everything that you've been through and everything mm. that you've done, what advice, body image related or otherwise would you give to your younger self this question always makes me laugh because I think about my younger self and I think she wouldn't listen (laughs) (laughs) but if if I did if I did listen um I think there's there's a few things I'd try I'd really want to make it clear that first of all when it comes to body image um with so much more that our worth is not tied to how we look and especially not um and you grow up in a sort of heteronormative society and women are sort of conditioned to always look good to attract a man it's like that is not important (laughs) um and also the fact that see body image body image the body types are fashion trends just like other you know butterfly clips are coming back into fashion for god's sake um (laughs) It changes all the time. So if you're tr- constantly trying to keep up with it, you're always going to fail. You're always going to fail and you're going to waste time and energy. And yeah, that's another thing as well. Just don't put, think of all the brain space you're going to save when you are not constantly worried about what you're eating or how you look or pinching your imaginary fat rolls in the mirror. Um, it's, oh, there's so much, there's so much I could say. I, there's no one sort of quick soundbite I could I could give but basically the game is rigged so don't bother playing it I like it yeah rigged yes oh thank you so much for chatting to us Carrie. no thanks for having me it's been lovely and I can't wait to see the next video that comes (laughs) keeps me at it I'm I'm waiting on tender hoof I'm waiting on tender (laughs) hoof okay noted I'll get on it (laughs) (laughs) pressure's on (laughs) oh thank you so much it's it's been lovely no thanks and thanks for being for also being voices in this space for positive change we need we need more of us we do do. keep shouting loud and we'll listen and for all the listeners as well we will pop the link to your instagram page and the description in the show notes awesome have a lovely day Tara. it's been great to talk to you you too Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.